This is the first program. Just a minute. What do you think you're doing? I'm doing the announcement. I see. You can do the dirty old man bits. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 I can't do those. Uh, I'll do the songs. No, no, no. Bill Oddie does the songs. No, he's doing the women's parts. What, if, what about Joe Kendall? Uh, he's doing the dirty old man bits. Oh, I see. And what's, uh, what's Graham Garden doing? He is the dirty old man. <laughs> and, and what about John Cleese? John Cleese? What can he do? My name is John Cleese and I'm the star of the show. Rubbish. <laughs> you can uh, read the credits. Oh, very well. This is I'm Sorry, I'll read that again. We're a special guest, John Cleese. Featuring Tim Brooke Taylor. Starring David Hatch. Surprise celebrity, Graham Garden. Introducing Joe Kendall. With Bill Oddick. <laughs> and of course, featuring the music of Dave Lee. Oh, no, I'm doing the dirty old man bit. Yes. <clears throat> Here are some statements by top BBC officials. I never touched her. <laughs> Uh, my post in the BBC is about three letters and two picture postcards a day. Three letters and two Three letters and... Uh, two. But if I may be serious for a moment, I would just like to say this. This. <laughs> oh, dear me, aren't I a tuppence? And now a few words from the programme controller. Fish, bottle, foot... Inevitable uh, wombat. <laughs> Lord Featheringhaw had this to say. I'm sorry I'll read that once more. Has a not inconsiderable impact upon world politics. Why? Only three days after Graham Garden's photo appeared in the overseas edition of the Radio Times, there was a coup in Argentina. Hey, Manuela, look. Here's a Graham Garden's picture. Coup. <laughs> Finally, we asked the director of entertainment what sort of audience he was aiming at. Anyone who's too slow to get out of the way, basically. <laughs> what I mean is, to whom do you wish to appeal? I don't think that is what you mean, actually. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we are trying to amuse a wider audience. What we want to do is a program that will mean that millions of people regularly listen to radio. The corporation has always been known for its wild, offbeat ideas. <laughs> Thank you. And what of the cast? How did they react to the new series? I won't do it! I won't do it! I will not do it! At the eleventh hour, the crisis was solved by the personal intervention of the head gardener. <laughs> and so, in spite of all the alternative arrangements that had been made, the BBC found themselves saying once more, Good morning, sir. I've come about the rats. Oh, good. Uh, won't you come in? Thank you, sir. Lead me to them, would you, sir? Uh, certainly. They're down in the cellar. Right.
Here we are. I see. Uh-huh. Right, we are then. Here we go. One, two, three. Well, I don't think you'll be seeing them again, sir. Good morning. I say, Mark, hmm. oh, what do you think would happen if this plane were forced to crash land in the desert? Hmm? No, usual thing, I suppose. All the uninteresting people aboard would be killed off for a start. No, you know, in those films about desert crashes, you always have to be left with about seven survivors, seven souls thrown together into a sandy hell from which only two would emerge alive. I mean, it stands to reason you can't have seven boring people struggling for survival. <laughs> it just wouldn't be box office. Oh, good. We'd be all right, then, because we are deeply interesting, well-drawn characters, aren't we? <laughs> of course we are, Angela. You'd have to survive anyway, because you're the only woman aboard. And um, would we be the only two that are rescued in the end by this band of wandering red-faced Touaregs? Blue-faced, actually, dear. Uh, no, I'd die. Oh, Mark, how sad. Yes, not till the end, though. I'd spend most of my time lying under this awning, revealing deeply meaningful truths about humanity through my incredibly parched lips. <laughs> but... I'd stay with you constantly, wouldn't I? Yes, uh, Dabbing your head with a bit of my dress I've torn off so that my legs show. Of course. And all the time, he is watching from behind his jerry can, smoking a lot and fingering his rosary. He's a... He's an unfrock priest, isn't he? That's right, yes. He's, he's trying to find himself. Right. And after all the rest of us have snuffed it, you ride off with him on his camel to help him look. You're delirious when you die, aren't you? Yes. You think we're in the bungalow garden at Maidenhead. That's it. My alert and quicksilver mind has gone. Pitifully. And I, and I say things like, Look, darling, my syringa's in flower. <laughs> Pick a bit and have a sniff. Oh, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and I smile through my tears. Sniff this ballpoint pen and, and, and get ink on the end of my nose. <laughs> think that doctor would have been able to save you? No, 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 no. As he said, what can a man do with hands like these? Drink, you see, that's why I got struck off the list ten years ago. <laughs> Shame the pilot cracks up so soon. Still, you have to have a coward on these occasions. Can we blame him, Mark, no, when no. he's still haunted by the awful memory of that night in 1944? Of course, the old flashback, the Lancaster bomber ablaze, the rear gunner who happens to be his best friend and younger brother, shouting, You go on, Johnny, I'll be all right, everything will be all right, you go on. And he saves himself by bailing out and never telling anyone, poor devil. <laughs> I think he fell in love with me as well. He must have, he must have. The way he atoned for everything by giving his life for you. Not a pretty sight, though. <gasps> Throwing himself between you and a herd of scorpions attracted by your scent. <laughs> no. No. And as I ride off on the camel with a deep rock priest into the sunset, I'm, I'm weeping bitterly. I know, I know. But weeping, weeping with, with hope in my eyes. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Oh, yes. Look, we're landing. Huh. Happy hops indeed. You don't stay out long for ten bob, do you? Hey, <laughs> 
Evening news, please. <laughs> come in, lad, come in. Come in, boy. When I say come in, I mean come in. Oh, are you? Well, what do you think you're doing in that cupboard? Come out this instant. Ah, that's enough of that. Now, look here. Yes? I have something I want to get off my chest. Ah, yes, what's that? It's a tattoo saying I love Rosie. <laughs> However, the reason I want to see you is that I could do with a bit of a laugh. Yeah, well, I'll give you Look that. at yourself, you little scruff bag. Oh, I beg your pardon? It's high time you tidied yourself up. Oh, certainly. I've never seen such a ghastly mess since I married your mother. <laughs> what are you laughing at, huh? <laughs> Come on out with it. What's so funny? <laughs> really? Well, you might have told me they were undone. <laughs> Had a lot of trouble with them lately. No, I'm sorry for them. Nylon shoelaces. <clears throat> now, listen. I've been speaking to your mother. Now, I'm not going to tell you what she told me, because I didn't understand it myself. No, However, she did mention that you've been off your food lately. Yes, I have. Is that true? Yes, it is. Don't try and deny it, you cunning little rascal. And don't you speak to me like that. You know I'm easily upset. Oh, I don't... I have a good mind to take my slipper to you. No, no. No. No, on second thoughts, you can jolly well come and fetch it yourself. Very well. Now then, you little ragamuffin. Yes? Stand up straight and yes? sit still when I'm talking to you. Sorry, Carl. Look at yourself. Yes, I'm Pull right yourself up. together, boy. Hup. Pull your stomach in, yes. chest out, yes. keep your arms in, yes. put your left leg out, yes. knees bend, yes. arms stretch, yes. rah, rah, rah. Oh, hokey, hokey, hokey. Oh, to the hokey, Shut up. That's better. Now, wipe that smile off your shoes and listen to what I'm telling you. I'm not enjoying this, you know. Well, not as much as I thought I would. Now, since you won't eat what's provided, I'm going to give you what for. What for? What do you mean, what for? Yeah, what for? You know perfect well what for, and that's what I'm going to give you. What for? What for? No. Are you following me? No. Aren't you? That's funny. Somebody's following me. Well, that's all I've got to say to you, so just run along. Bye-bye. Mustn't keep your fiancé waiting. Now, here is a news flash. Old-age pensioner Mrs. Annie Pentagon was rushed to Gravesend Hospital last night after swallowing a hot water bottle while eating her tea. She <laughs> said a friend who was with her at the time of the accident, Annie didn't mean to swallow the hot water bottle. She thought it was the typewriter. Morning. Uh, wonderful day, isn't it? Mind if I share this bench with you? No, no, go ahead. Make yourself at home. Come to this park every morning, you know, nothing like a bit of peace and quiet amongst Mother Nature's gifts, eh? eh? <laughs> if you say so, yeah. Ah. This is one of our more quiet parks, this one. You feeling all right? Kinky plunk. Fine, thanks. You did say you were feeling all right. Whoa, my beauty. Whoa, whoa, my beauty. Who are you talking to? Sit, boy, sit, sit. Who are you talking to? This Anto chap, great friend of mine. Stay, boy, stay. Stay. Ants? I can't see any ants. Oh, we may not be able to see them, but I can hear them. <laughs> Do you know, my ears are so sensitive I can hear everything. Really? <laughs> Do you know what that was? Should I? That was my impression of a daffodil. <laughs> a daffodil. 
doing what? Growing, of course. Uh, That's the noise they make when they grow. (laughs) You mean you can hear flowers growing? I told you I can hear everything. Guess what that one is? Go on, guess it, go on. Guess it. I I don't know. Go on, guess, go on, go on. Just go on. Well, um, a worm eating a crisp. (laughs) A worm eating a crisp. It's that willow tree having a drink. Goes on all day like that. Great guzzle guts. Do all plants make noises? Yeah, of course they do. Well, what does a rose sound like then? Well, in the morning it goes, uh... And uh, then in the afternoon it goes, uh... Afternoon. And, <laughs> and in the evening it goes, uh... Oh, what was the bang? That was the rose closing up for the night. <laughs> Your ears must be absolutely fantastic. Oh, that's what they all say. (laughs) Well, must be off duty calls and all that. Might see you here sometime. Bye now. No, 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 don't go. Here, hold on. Oh, he's gone. What a pity. Excuse me, sir, has that chap been telling you all about his sensitive earring? Oh, yes. Yes, he has. Who who are you? I'm the park keeper. He comes in here every day, he does. Of course, you know he's his meditator, don't you? Oh, I, I, I was beginning to wonder. I, uh, I suppose he did his impression of a daffodil growing, did he? Yes, as a, as a matter of fact, he did. Yes, uh, how did it go? Well, it, it was a sort of, um... Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. I told you he was mad, sir. Everyone knows it goes, hey, Oh, 
More and more people are taking their holidays abroad. But even more are taking their broads on holiday. <laughs> However, we are apt to forget that our own British Isles have as much to offer in the way of sunshine, recreation and beauty as any other fog-bound little cluster of boring old islands in the North Sea. And so at a time when holidays are uppermost in our minds, we bring you the first of a series of features entitled Britain for the British. We'll keep a Land of the Shillelagh, Land of the Shamrock, Land of the Rose of Tralee, and other well-known public houses. Yes, Ireland, the Emerald Isle, the Land of Song. Last summer, I took a boat to Ireland, Land of the Free. Then cast you three and ten. The Land of the Free and Ten. And as I stepped... <laughs> and as I stepped off the Dublin ferry, I was immediately struck. Take that, your English twenty. As I wandered the cobbled streets of that majestic city, I seemed to hear running through my mind the words of that great expatriate Irish poet. Ireland, Ireland, let us ink a toast to thee, finest, fairest land on earth, Ireland, country of the free. Those words running incessantly... Let not foreign sword nor gun e'er molest your sweet domain. Those words seem never to... Never conquer, never won, always will free, you shut up? will remain. You Irish twit, will you Drink a toast, you Irish lad. Irish stout, so sweet and thick. Drink it down, lads. Drink it quick. Shut up. Now I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> after a pleasant afternoon watching the fishermen leaning over the harbour wall just after the pubs had shut, I... <laughs> I spent the evening strolling through the streets broad and narrow of Dublin's fair city. It was in those streets, steeped in history and so forth, that I met Miss <laughs> Kitty Malone. Miss Malone, you are a descendant of the famous Molly Malone, celebrated in song. Uh, that's the truth, sure enough. Perhaps you'd tell us more about this uh, famous family of yours. Well, my mother was a little grey-headed old lady with the sweetest little blue eyes and a right hook like a sledgehammer. <laughs> Did you have any brothers or sisters? Uh, sure enough. I have three brothers. Uh, Seamus was wounded in the border trouble. Well, how did that happen? Well, we was chucking out the border because he hadn't paid up the rent. <laughs> and your other brothers? Well, my brother Patrick went into the church. I see, he took the cloth. No, just the candlesticks and the lecture. <laughs> he got three months, but they let him out after a week for bad behaviour. And... And your last brother? Ah, me brother Harry. He was a fine man. Well, what happened to him? Oh, it was a terrible tragedy in him and the first flower of his manhood. I see, he was a pansy. <laughs> he took up with a bad crowd and look where he ended up. In jail? Gracious, no, in the parliament. 
that joke was sent in by Miss Rosie Bedsock of 14 the Villas, West Hartlepool. And, and so, with a cheery wave of my hand, I knocked her into the gutter and, and, and hurried back to my lodgings, where I spent part of the night at the open window, reading aloud from the works of Oscar Wilde, and the rest of the night in jail. <laughs> Next day, I packed my things. Before leaving Dublin, I talked to white-headed old Father Cohen, who once knew Oscar Wilde. Ah, yes, that's right, I did. Oh, I did, you know, Oscar Wilde. And the devil of a fellow we was, too, sir. You know that. He was a devil of a fellow with and, Oscar Wilde. And, and renowned yes, for his wit. No. I mean, yes, 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 he was. He was renowned, sir. I remember one occasion. I asked him to his face, mind you. And the devil of a fellow he was, you know, and the devil of a face he had. Straight up to him and went his head. I said to him, Mr. Wilde, Mr. Wilde, could you tell us the time of day? And he turned to me, you know, he turned to me. He turned to me, he said, no. <laughs> That's the sort of man he was. <laughs> yes, I remember another occasion, another occasion I remember. Surely he liked to drop a stat, you know that. Now, Mr. Wilde, he liked to drop a stat, and there was a story when one time I saw him. Two days later, I bade a cheery farewell to Father Cohen and set off for the country, the heart of Ireland. My car had broken down, so suitcase in hand, I waved goodbye to the city and stepped into a pony trap. A friendly farmer helped me out of the trap, and so, bandaging my ankle and carefully putting it in the corner of my suitcase, <laughs> I set out on foot. I was soon... <laughs> I was soon tramping through the lush, grassy bogs, and imagine my delight when in a leafy dell by the banks of a chuckling stream, I suddenly came upon the Irish Parliament. <laughs> Quiet, boys, quiet, quiet. Now, dry your tears. Now, about this motion of censure. For a start, there's nothing wrong with our economic policy that a bit of embezzling won't put right. Look at our exports this year. Look at them. Here they are in this box. Look at them. Darling, they are. And this year, we found a brand new export. His name's O'Leary, and he knows all about foreign affairs. Because he's had so many. <laughs> Give me another point in a potato. <laughs> what about our defense policy now? Ah, ah, the defense review's coming along nicely, thank you. We're buying a new missile from the Portuguese. Huh? It's called Blue Shillelagh. <laughs> surface to surface. Huh? Never leaves the crowd. <laughs> And, uh, and the Navy's getting a new aircraft carrier. Ah. He's called uh, Paddy McGinty, and he's a powerful, strong fella. <laughs> We're going to give him a submarine, too. No. Oh, no, no, lad. Do you remember the tugboat that sank Tuesday? We do? Yes, well, we put wheels on it. <laughs> the Admiral's still resigned, though, yes. He said he needed the publicity. Ah. <laughs> give us another potato. Now, now, boys. It's not the government's fault we're in a mess. Yeah, right. It is the fault of the little people. <laughs> Always interfering, the little people. Send them back to Japan. <laughs> so, give me another visitor. And so we say farewell to these wonderful, friendly people as we leave them rolling in the Emerald Isle.
That was a short excerpt from the signature tune of I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again. Taking part were Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendall and Bill Oddie. The music was by Dave Lee, the song by Bill Oddie, and the scripts by John Esmond, Bob Larby, Graham Garden, Bernard King, David Lund and Bill Oddie. The show was produced by Humphrey Barclay, who was sent in by a listener. <laughs> the programme was recorded. Was recorded. Was recorded. Was recorded. <laughs> Thank you.